of Gimbal, we learn as follows. Okay, let's read the English. The stone edition, they explain it as follows. Translated as follows. Okay, because there are two people. Absolutely. They excuse themselves, so we'll give them two and a half seconds. <laughs> They made the robe of the Eifa. What the? What's going on here? Chav Gimel, yeah? The road, robe? Okay, they made the robe of the ephod of a weaver's craft entirely of turquoise wool. Its head opening was folded over within, like the opening of a coat of mail. Its opening had a border all around so that it would not tear. Now, so that it would not tear. That's what it says here, right? Now, if you don't mind, please turn your Chumish to Parshas Tetzaveh by the initial commandment of HaKadosh Baruch to Moshe Rabbeinu. And there it says as follows. On page 417. 470. Page 470. It sounds like an identical possible, right? It tells them what to do, and they did so. Good. No worries. Wonderful. Now, let's take first a look at this Pasuk, really, and then we'll go back to the Pasuk in Vaya and Pekude. In Titzave, it says clearly, you are to make them ila eifet klil tcheles, meaning it should be in total from, the, from, from turquoise wool. Vahoya kifi roshe b'seche, the hem should be, be hemmed in, inwardly, right? And it should be done, it should be woven, spun, woven, right? Not sewn in, okay? Kifi sachro, like a, what do you call it? Like a... No, come on. No, you protect yourself from a spear. No, what do you call it? Shield. A shield. That's the boy. The shield. So they had it bent over to the inside, the ends of the shield. Okay, whatever. I believe that's what it means. Okay, translate. So here it translates in our stone edition, page 471. It may not be torn. Correct? And later on, what does it say? If you recall, how does he translate? It shouldn't be taken. In order that it shouldn't be torn, right? So Doesn't that it say it that? would not tear. Loi korea, and what? So it that it the, would not tear. That it would not tear. Okay, now let's take a look at the Rashi. Rashi in, in page 470 says, Loi korea, kedei shaloi korea, that it would not tear. So the Torah says, Loi korea. What did the Torah say, Loi Korea, on page 470? That it should not tear. And then it goes on to say, Bahakoi Roy, page 470. Bahakoi over Balav. One who tears the meal transgresses. Balav. The prohibition. Shazem, Miminya, Lav, and Shebatera. This is one of the, the, the uh, 365 transgressions of the Torah, prohibitions of the Torah. Full stop. Good enough? 
So in other words, Rashi says, when it says in the Torah, Lo yikoreya, it means you should not tear it, right? That's the way it translates it. It, it may not be torn. That's the correct translation. It may not be torn. Lo yikoreya. So that's a, tr- a prohibition. It may not be torn. And the Rambam actually enumerates so. The Rambam Sefer HaMitzvahs, and so also in Hilches Kleh HaMikdash Perik Tes, Gimel, Right? And also the Sefer HaChinuch in Mitzvah Kuf Aleph records this as one of the prohibitions of the Torah. Lo Korea. You're not allowed to tear the Me'il. Wonderful. Okay? Now, interestingly, Rashi combines both definitions in this first Rashi. Okay? I just, just, just to introduce you to the issue, to the topics. And that's interesting. And basically the Gemara deals with it. The Gemara in Mesichta Yuma Daf Ayin Beis brought to our attention by many Mephoroshim. The Gemara says, Loi Korea tells us, the Gemara says, Hamikareya Bigde If one tears the, 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 the garments of the priestly garments, he transgresses, right? He, he gets his, his, he meant to get lashes, Loike. Says the Gemara, because it says, Loi Korea. Says the Gemara, maybe Loi Korea means, Shaloi Korea. It's not a prohibition. Torah tells us how to prepare the meal. Have it woven and spun in such a way that it should be tied around the neck, right? It should be a strong seam around the neck. That when he puts it over his head, okay. he shouldn't tear it. But whoever says that this is actually a, a directive, in other words, a, a message to the person a, that he, he transgresses if he tears it. It says the Gemara, it doesn't say, Sheloyi Korea. It says, Loyi Korea. Shel loyi korea means in order it shouldn't tear. Loyi korea is a separate message. That is, we read the pasuk, tells us how to sew it, how to prepare it, and then the Torah tells us a new message. Loyi korea, don't have it. Being, make sure it's not doesn't become torn. Right? It may not be torn. Rashi actually combines them both. It's like the lotion from Matzis. You should not be found by you. The mela. The mela. We'll soon talk about the Losh. Okay, we'll come to that soon. But we're talking about the Sheloi and the Loi. So Rashi, even though the Gemara seems to claim that it is not a reason, right? It's basically a, a, a prohibition, Loi Korea, not Sheloi Korea. Nevertheless, Rashi combines them both. First Rashi says, the Torah says, sew it in such a way, spin it in, or have it woven in such a way, in order it shouldn't be torn. And loy korea, then he tells us you should know that if one who tears it, he actually transgresses. Now I want to convey to you that when you go on and we read the pasuk further on, now the Mephorshim basically explained where does Rashi know both things? Because after all, the Torah doesn't say. Uh, the Torah says loy korea, it doesn't say shaloy korea, and because it's in sequence, we know both things. Okay, let's. Let's go on to the second passage, to the passage in 534, in other words. On page 534, what it says, that they made the me'il, and it's describing how they are weaving it, right? And then it says, loyi korea. You get it? When we're talking where Hashem says, loyi korea, I can understand that Hashem says, says it as a message, as a transgression, as a prohibition, right? Don't transgress. Don't have it torn. But when they are weaving it, how do you understand the Loi Korea? Don't have it torn. It doesn't make any sense. It doesn't sit right. Don't make it bigger than it should be. No, no. No, Loi Korea, it's a sow it. Mm-hmm. What does Loi Korea again? It's the identical possible. Repeat it. So, what does Loi Korea mean here? 
It's folded in. Is this the pan that's folded yeah. in? Yeah. Yeah, what's the difference? But again, it's when a, we're telling you, again, if we're saying loyi korea means in order it shouldn't be torn, so sew it in such a strong, powerful, make sure it's very tightly woven, in order it shouldn't be torn, so I can understand. We tell him so by the commandment, when he has to, how he, we direct him how to sew it, and when he sew, when he actually weaves it, he weaves it in such a way, in order it shouldn't be torn. Wonderful. But if loyi korea is a separate message which tells him, don't have it torn, right? So it makes sense to say it in the initial time, right? But not in the time when he's actually sewing it. Because then who's talking to him? Nobody. He's doing it himself. But one's a directive to the one wearing it, and one's a directive to the one making it. Yeah, but how but does the one making it... But I'm making it. I'm now making it. It says over here, they are making it, and then it says, Loi Korea. So it shouldn't be torn. No, also it shouldn't be torn. Ah, so if it means show it shouldn't be torn, then it's good. Yes. But if I say it means, well, so it shouldn't be torn, that's wonderful. So it means show it shouldn't be torn here, and it shouldn't be torn there. That's good. But when you say so it shouldn't be torn, it doesn't mean to say there's a transgression. To say it's a transgression, I have to say it means don't have it torn. So in order that, that it shouldn't be torn makes sense here and there. But if it's a message to tell you that you will transgress, if you have it torn, that only makes sense in the initial time, but not thereafter, not in the second time. Good. What, I'm just... What kind, what kind of thing? I'm not going to repeat it. Please, someone explain I understand, it. I understand, but when you're, when you're making it, sometimes you need to do something so you... So, can... Korea, who's talking to him? So, it's, over there it has to also mean Shaloyi Korea. Again, over there it has to mean, the second time it has to mean Shaloyi Korea. It's difficult who's, to... There's no one talking to him. It says that he wove it. So, so who's saying to him Loi Korea? He didn't tear it. What? Loi Korea means you didn't tear it? Loikara doesn't mean he didn't tear it. Loikara means he didn't tear it. Come on. So therefore, I'm just saying what Mephorshim say. So this is brought from Rabbi Moshe Soloveitchik brings in the name of the Briskirov, quoted in the Mephorshim Aram. That this is, this posik is the basis for this Rashi. You get it? In other words, the Gemara says Loikara is really a message, like it says in the Torah. Don't steal. Don't write, don't write, whatever. Don't murder. Torah tells Herod. So don't tear the meal. Finished. Rashi doesn't suffice with that. That's what the Gemara says. Rashi adds on to that. Rashi says, no, it means an order. It shouldn't be torn. And then Rashi says, the Pesach also tells us, don't tear. Now, it's, it either means, it's either or. It can't mean both. Because if it means an order, it shouldn't tear. It means that there's no prohibition. It's only giving you advice in order it shouldn't tear. And if it's telling you don't tear it, so it's not in order it shouldn't tear. Rashi says them both. So he says beautifully, he says a simple thing. He says the first initial time it means loy korea, in order it, it, not in order it shouldn't tear. It shouldn't be torn. That's the prohibition. Right? How does Rashi know also it means in order it shouldn't tear? That's from the second possible. That's where we're talking about the one who's weaving it. And he's weaving it in such a manner that there he says, Loi Korea. So that tells you when the order shouldn't be torn. That's all. I'm just, it's just a beautiful thing in the Pshat of the Rashi. At Khan Vesulukos, actually the Meforshi Rashi, have a problem with this Rashi because it doesn't seem to coincide with the Shas. End Now, the Rambam says, actually the Gemara says, the Gemara says, Hamekareya Bigde Kuhuna. One who tears the, 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 the priestly garments, gets lashes. Okay? The Gemara doesn't say one who tears the me'il. 
This prohibition is written by the meal. There were eight garments of the Kohen God, right? Mm-hmm. Nevertheless, the Torah writes loy korea by the meal, and it's written only by the robe, only by the meal. It's not found anywhere in the Chumash by other by the other priestly garments. What they they tore it when there was nothing left of it. Nebach. But when it was healthy and it was good, who says you're even on the level of Korea after it turns to nothing and it spoils? You're not giving them. You're not. Okay, we're talking about... Excuse me. Wonderful. Thank you. So, excuse me. So, we're talking about a brand new priestly garment, right? And it's wearable and it's fresh and it's crisp, right? And it has no tears in it. The Gemara says... If you tear the big dekohono, you get lashes. The Torah says, by the me'il. The Gemara quotes the posseg of the me'il. Like it says in the Torah, in other words, the Gemara is not disturbed. The Gemara understood, seemingly, that even though it is written by the me'il, nevertheless, from the il, we understand the same applies, but that this applies to all the big dekohono, by all the priestly garments. And it's Mephurish in the Rambam. The Rambam says, Hakareya Piyami Loike says the Rambam and Hilkas Klei Amigdosh Peritesa Lochagimu. Right? Like it says, Loi Korea says the Rambam, Vuhu Hadin. The same applies if one tears any of the priestly garments, Derech Hashchosa Loike, with intent just to destroy it, he gets Malchus. Full stop. All right. So uh, the question is as follows. The question is, the language of the Rambam is, Firstly, the question is, this that we say that it applies to all the priestly garments, is this derived from the pos- from the lav loyi korea or isn't it? Or does it have a separate posuk in the Torah to tell us that there is a prohibition to, act- to, to tear the priestly garments? Uh, interestingly, the Minchas Chinuch, a mitzvah kufalaf says, that if you will examine the text of the Chinuch, you will not see any priestly garments mentioned in the text of the Sefer HaChinuch. In other words, the Sefer HaChinuch learned, seemingly, that the Loi Korea applies only to the Me'il. It doesn't even mention any of the priestly garments, even though it's explicit. In the Shas, in the Sechte Yom Adafayim Beis. Nevertheless, the Sefer HaChinuch doesn't mention it. So he seems to say, and, and the Pasuk Loi Korea says by the Me'il. But the Ramam definitely says, Vuhu Adin, it definitely applies. The same... The, 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 the lashes, he won't will be get, get receiving lashes if he tears any one of the priestly garments. But that's all included in one... We don't know. We don't know. We don't know. Now the fact is, in the Sefer HaMitzvah, he enumerates the, the transgressions, he only mentions the Me'il. Where he mentions it in the Sefer Yadachazaka, in this code, he also only mentions as a prohibition of loy, lo, because there the rule is that he will only mention and highlight what is explicit in the Pasuk. Nevertheless, we can say that it's incorporated in the Pasuk. And the Ramam goes on to say, but who I didn't say would apply. Now, many Mepharshim learn that it's all self-understood, so to speak, because why should Me'il be an exception to the rule and different than the rest of the priestly garments? The Torah, for some reasons, wrote it only by the priestly garments, and the same applies by, the, by all of them. Um, nevertheless, there are commentaries who claim that they have different guidelines. The Me'il... The Rambam says, one who tears the meal, he, he transgresses, right? When it comes to the other garments, the Rambam says, the same plover, who are the same goes for the priestly garments. Says the Rambam, if he tears them, derech hashchosa. Derech hashchosa means with intent to destroy, just for the sake of destroying it. 
In other words, it would be understood from that. So some Farshim learned, there's a sefer called Korban Chagiga, who lived in the 17th century, one of the Gdoli Yisrael, who was a chief rabbi of Yerushalayim, Ramosha Galanti, quoted in the Mishnah Lamelech, and also in the notes of Mishnah Lamelech and Hilchis Klei Amigdosh Perik Tes Aloha Ches, Aloha Gimel, and this, Tes Aloha Gimel, and this Aloha, and also in the Mishnah Lamelech and Hilchis Klei, and Hilchis Maisa HaKarbonis, Perik Ches, if I recall correctly. So he quotes the Sefer Korban Chagig and also quoted in the notes of Rabbi Kivi Eger on his Rambam. On the Rambam. And it says in the Sefer Korban Chagig as follows. It seems from the language of the Rambam that when it comes to the Me'il, there's a severity. In other words, if you tear it under all circumstances, you get lashes. But if it comes to, other, to the other garments, it's only if you tear it with intent to destroy, but not if it's with intent to correct it or fix it up or sew it up or stuff or whatever. In other words, the tearing. Right? To mend it. Uh, because the Rambam says Derech Hashchosa so he learns that the word Derech Hashchosa which is added in the Rambam doesn't apply to everything he said prior but it only applies to what he, what, where he says it that means by the meal there's no Derech Hashchosa applicable by all the other garments only Derech Hashchosa is applicable and he proves his point from an interesting Allah in Hilches Maisa Karbonas Perik Ches um, you know what if time allows what time would we have in Imairif? I'm not going to elaborate on well, how he derives it. It's a Gemara in the Sikhta Zvach and that's Sadiq and it's quoted in the Rambam and Hilchas Maishar Gabonas Perikhes. It's a beautiful halacha, very interesting halacha, very modern halacha, whatever the halacha is, it's a unique halacha. And the Rambam writes this halacha only by the Me'il, and the Gemara mentions it only by the Me'il. And if the rule would apply, they didn't, if the Me'il didn't have different guidelines than the other Big Day Kohuna, it should have also mentioned by the Big Day Kohuna, because it's mentioned only by the Me'il, from there he derives that the rule of Derech Hashchosa, the leniency of Derech Hashchosa applies only by the other Big Day Kohuna, not by the Me'il. Now is not the time to, allow, to elaborate, if time will allow, fine. Good. So that's one way of learning, that all the prohibition of, of, of tearing garments, priestly garments, and that they apply to all the priestly garments, are derived from Loi Korea. From the meal, and from the meal itself understood that it applies to the rest. And the Minchas the, Chinuch the, the explains for the Kesef Mishnah that uh, where do we know the concept of Derech Hashchos? Where do we pick that up? And possibly we can also argue that this, that it's with intent only to destroy, but if it's with intent to mend, like I have a tailor, a tailor who tears because he has to tear it in order to mend it correctly, so he tears a bit to mend it. So when you're making a renovation and you're destroying, can we say that someone is just destroying? No. In order to renovate, that's part of the renovation, to fix it up. You have to knock out the old stuff to bring in the new stuff, right? So that's part of that's. So when you're renovating, you're not destroying. So it's not derech hashchosa. So if you're mending a garment, so that's not called derech hashchosa, then you will have to tear it. So basically, the, the, there is a novel approach to this Rambam. And this is as follows, that it's not derived from loyi korea, and that is, it's actually derived from a total different prohibition. Listen to this. Where is it derived from? And therefore the derech hashchosa may apply not also to the meal, but possibly depending if it, whatever. As we go on, we'll discuss it. Uh, and where is it derived? Shabbos we discussed, right? If you recall, those who were here. It says in Parshas Re'e, the Torah says, <laughs> We enter our destroyal, you have to smash and uh, totally... Uh, Get rid of, right? All the mizbechos, their gods, their idols, etc. 
etc., etc. Then it says in sequence, It's prohibited to do so, it's prohibited to do so to, for godly things. And Rashi brings, and so is the Psakaloka quoted many times in the Shas, the Rav Chavar quotes, it's mentioned that the Rambam and Hilchas, you say they are very good, and also in Hilchas based on Pachira, the Rambam says that you, from here we derive that you're not allowed to be noitates even, you're not allowed to smash a stone from the Azorah, from the courtyard of the Besamikdash, you're not allowed to smash the Mizbeach, etc., etc. You're not allowed to erase God's name, etc., etc. This is all derived from what it says in the Torah. Whatever I allow you to do to their idols and to their altars, we say don't do to HaKadosh Baruch Hu's uh, uh, Besamikdash, etc. And HaKadosh Baruch Hu's name. The Mela Lefizet, so the Mephorshim say, Big De Kohuna, right, may also be incorporated in this prohibition. Because Big De Kohuna contain a level, excuse me, so we explain the Shabbos in relation to the Luchos, the Rabbi Shavar asked the Shaila of the Alocha, how were we able to smash the Luchos? You missed the Shira, Moshe. Uh, yeah, how was he able to smash the Luchos? So the Rabbi Shavar explained, so the Luchos are definitely incorporated in that. And the Rabbi Shavar explains that because it was AC is Porchos, and then they broke the Luchas, even though from the Babli it comes out that they smashed the stone and then this, and then the Orizis were Parchis, when it says in the Furushi Yerushalmi that the, the, the holy letters uh, took flight first and then the, the stone was smashed. So Bemela, therefore, because the holy letters took flight first, so therefore there was no Kedusha, the Gemara says of the Sechle Shabbos, that when the, we spoke about it once before, once the letters leave, so therefore there's no Kedusha contained in the parchment of the Sefer Torah, the same applies. For, for the Luchos, and the Rav went on to explain that even, nevertheless the border of the stone, I'm just making it quickly for those who weren't there, the borders of the Luchos, according to the certain poskim, still contain sanctity, even though the letters take flight. So if so, how then, we still remain with our initial question, how was he able to smash it? So he brings from the, we said that most probably he relies on Talmud Yerushalmi, it says in Talmud Yerushalmi that the letters filled the whole surface. Of the, there was no borders to the luchos, there was no op, uh, uh, right, top yes. and bottom and side, but actually the, all of the lettering, all of the luchos were filled with lettering, like it says according to one opinion in the Talmud Yerushalmi, that there was written 40 times, that Sarah said it was written 40 times, it was written not just front and back, side, right side, left side, etc., etc., and the Radva says in his response that in between the lines, we also had the whole Tereshavik 7 today with your microchips and Betiolog Yashef, and you can all think, you can work that out, right? How you can have thousands of letters written on a little tiny disc or whatever, right? So it's Poshat that HaKadosh Baruch who basically initiated it in the Luchas. So it was all in the Luchas, and that was it. Okay. So hold the graph. Yeah, it's correct. You were able to see it from both sides. Everything what we see today, which they showed in the World's Fair in 1964, was in the Luchas in uh, BC, AC, DC, whatever. Okay, fine. <laughs> okay. The men of the Mephorshim say that Big Dekuna can possibly... Now, the Adaris says that there's a possibility that we can argue, and he actually asked the Shalom, why do we need a Kodesh Baruch to tell us this unique love, this prohibition of Loi Korea by the Me'il? It's Big Dekuna, and it says in the Torah that they're holy, sanctified garments, right? Big Dekodeshay. So maybe, he says, maybe it's not incorporated in the love of Loisasu Kein Lashem Elokeichem, and he actually refers us to a Tshuva Chassam Seifer. Chassam Seifer says in a Tshuva in Noyuchayim Simon Amit Beis, to substantiate a certain Mogan Avrom, who seems to claim that something which was removed from the shul and then it's, 
it's, uh, so to speak, you get rid of it, and you, based on whatever, one of the achroinim, so it may not contain any, you may not be transgressing this prohibition of loisas and kein l'ashem alokeichem, etc., etc. In other words, only if it's an attached item, but it's a movable item. Maybe it doesn't apply, but so, and the Chassam Sefer tries to substantiate it, but then he brings him before the Gemara and Mesech Tamakas. The Gemara says, Mesech Tamakas, says the Gemara, that if you take Atzei Hegdish, right, woods, which was sanctified and consecrated for the Mizbech, for the altar, and you burn it, not for the sake of the Korban, so you have actually transgressed the prohibition of Leisasun Kein Hashem Elokeichem. That you aren't to smash or eradicate, to get rid of holiness which is sanctified and consecrated to Hashem. So you see, even a movable object which is, has, is consecrated to Hashem, it also applies. So the Chassam Sefer therefore goes on to say whatever. Therefore, the Mephorshim, Minchas Chinuch wants to say, to explain the Kesef mission in this Rambam. That where the Rambam says, who had been the same applies to all the priestly garments, that you're not allowed to tear them. Derech Hashchosa is derived from what it says, Loisasun Kein Hashem Alokech. In other words, this way it says, we applied it to the courtyard of the Beis Amigdosh, to the Mizbeach, to the God, to Hashem's name. You know, they erase it. The same applies to the Big Dikuna. You're not allowed to cause any, destroy the Big Dikuna, the priestly garments. It has, it has either sanctity, whatever the levels of sanctity the Mepharshim explained it, it contains. And interestingly, the Chassam Soifer in Yeridea, in his response in Yeridea, Simeresh Samach Dalit, also in Simeresh Samach Zayin, he discusses the issue, but mainly explicitly, it's there, it's Simeresh Samach Dalit, I saw today. So Reish Samach Dalit, he says interestingly as follows, he says, there's the Loi Korea, which refers to the Me'il, and there's the Loi Sa'as in Kein La'ashem Elokechem, which refers to the Big Dikuna. And he says, that's why the Rambam writes Derech Hashchosa. Because what's the Derech Hashchosa mean? Dafke in a manner when you're doing it with intent to destroy. But if it's with you intend, you're tearing it with it, to amend it, so then it's a rip it with intention to mend it, then it's okay. That's the meaning of Derech Hashchosa. He says, because look, where is the Derech Hashchosa coming from? It's coming from the Loi Sa'as in Kein La'ashem Elokechem. And Hashem says, don't destroy and get rid of all their altars and their idols. What does it mean? Destroy with intent to destroy. No repair. Right? Not with intent to repair. Definitely one who does it with intent to repair is our Russian government. So if sure the Gemara definitely means, what does it mean? What does the Torah mean? Destroy with intent to destroy. And when Hashem says, don't do it to my, to my altar, it means don't do it the way it is. Done to them, don't do it to me. That means only with intent to destroy. There's no prohibition, says the Chassam Sefer. But made of that from where the Rambam says the Chassam Sefer, from where the Rambam derived the Chassam And we find it very clearly, the Rambam says, that the prohibition of L'Sasun came, L'Hashem Elokechem, is only the Chassam He says clearly so. There. So, when the Kesef Mishnah says in this halacha about the Big Day Kohuna that the Derech Hashkos is derived from Loisasun Kain, says the Minchas Chinuch, the actual prohibition is from there. It's not, it's not a definition in the Loi Korea. In other words, where does the Rambam take a note to teach us that Derech Hashkos and only Derech Hashkos is derived because he learned that the premise and the basis to prohibit tearing any of the other priestly garments is derived from this lab of which its criteria is only which according to this approach it will come out as follows that applies only to the me'il and applies to all the other priestly garments interestingly here we go and the Chemichas goes on to say as follows he says listen the Ramam says 
Hakorea pi hameil. Listen to that. Now, pi hameil means the opening of the meil, the neck around the neck. Now, it, if you take out a chumish, even interesting. That's the way. That's what it says in Sefer in the Rambam. That's what it says in the Sefer Achinuch. Now, that we see clearly from this that we combine the trend, the prohibition, with the reason. In other words, even though it says in the Torah, loy korea, not sheloi korea. Now, if it's sheloi korea, in order it shouldn't be torn, it's obvious it only applies to the neck. Because the Torah says, weave the neck in such a manner in order it shouldn't be torn. But if we learn that loy korea is a separate message, right? So the first message is ended. And there's a new message. So the loy korea should apply to any section of the meal. It's going from top to bottom all the way down. Nevertheless, the Rambam says, ha korea, one who tears pee. Hamil, the opening, the neck part, the opening by the neck. Then he had, he's transgressed the the, the loy korea. So we see, which is interestingly, in the name of the briskerov, he also shows from this that we connect the reason of the pasuk together with the prohibition. In other words, even though it, we don't translate it to mean a reason, it's actually a prohibition, right? But the prohibition is connected to the reason. In other words, therefore, the prohibition is its criteria is. That hakorea pi amil, okay? Only the, that's where you, you, you transgress. Now listen to what the Menchus says. Interestingly, he says hakorea pi amil. That means according to that, the, the loyi korea applies only to the pi amil, to the neck part. But any other part of the meal, you will transgress the loyi sasim ken lashem alokechem. You get it? Just like all the other garments, the priestly garments, the loyi sasim ken lashem alokechem will apply. The same applies. For the other sections of the meal, the loisasi kela shem lekechem will apply, but the loyi korea applies only to the next part. So if you have to tear it a bit to sew it back up, then the rest of it you can do it. Correct. Correct. That will be the difference. That means if we will say that the criteria of derech hashkosa is dependent only on the lav of, of excuse me, on uh, on on loisasi and kain, that is not a problem. Now it's questionable. The minchas chilek himself learns the loyi korea is only loyi, and it says the Torah doesn't give no reasons loyi korea. Right? It doesn't give you any allowances. So it would seem under all circumstances. Basically, the Rogachover going, maybe he learned the Kassav Mishnah that way. This is his take on it. And we're going on with the Rogachover now. I'm, I'm learning on. Please, if you don't mind. You have 15 minutes. You want to say something? I was saying, the Torah Rosh was saying the same thing. That's why it puts it in the same spot. Good. Good. Ain't a Hanami. Not a problem. That's Shadun Rosh too. We can learn that way. Possibly. Okay. Good. The Rogachover going learns as follows. He takes this Rambam and he says, definitely, that's Pshatan Rambam. When the Rambam says, Loi Korea for the Me'il. And then he goes on, the same will apply for all priestly garments that you're not allowed to tear them and it's only Derech Hashchosa. Says the Rogat Shover, Bepashtos, and he proves it from the Shas and many different Gemoras, that because the Derech Hashchosa is, is, is highlighted and mentioned and in, in, in slaughtered in by the other priestly garments, it would seem that it has a different criteria. And therefore, the Rogachover learned that the Loisasun Kain Lashem Elokech is derived from Loisasun Kain Lashem Elokech, just like we're not allowed to destroy any holy object in the base of Mikdash that applies also to the priestly garments. And that's what the Rambam meant. And I just want to mention, by the way, Rab Moshe mentions that Rab Moshe Soloveitching in the name of the Briskarov says, I don't like it, Bachlal. He, Bachal, is unhappy to learn that Big De Kohuna have. To tear big dikuna should be should be prohibited because of this prohibition of Laisasukan Lajam Lakekh. He says, because if so, the Ramam should have mentioned it in Hilchas Bay Sapkhira, where he enumerates deals with this prohibition. Where he says, where he first introduces Laisasun Kaila Shem Lokekim, right? Where it that's in Hilchas Yasidiya Tahira, the first section of the Rambam. Or in Sefer Avoidin in Hilchas Bay Sapkhira. Where does he bring it in? He brings it in Dafkin sequence to Loi Korea. 
So it would seem that in his mind, that it doesn't have guidelines of Loisashim Kain, that has guidelines of Loi Korea. That's his take. But we're going back to the Minchas Chinuch and the Kasef Mishnah and the Rogachover. They learn, no, that even though the Rambam introduces it together with the Me'il, and it, we can, it makes, makes sense, there's logic, there's rationale, that we're dealing with the Big De Kohuna, even though maybe its premise is different. Nevertheless, right? Nevertheless, it's introduced together. We're telling you, don't tear the Me'il. Then we're telling you, don't tear the other Brishli garments. The Me'il has its reason why it's prohibited, because of the Korea. It doesn't bother telling you why the others are prohibited, but it's self-understood. If he puts in the Derech HaShchosa, we'll go search out the guidelines where Derech HaShchosa applies. End it. Um, yeah. So, with that we understand, right, why we have the uniqueness of the Loi Korea. According to that, the Me'il is unique, right? All the priestly garments, right? If you need to mend them, you may tear them to mend them, right? If it's not done with intent to destroy, as long as it's not with intent to destroy, that's when the prohibition applies, because it's based on the Lysasun When it comes to the Loi Korea, to the Me'il, the Me'il is unique. Torah says a special prohibition. Loi Korea. If Torah says Loi Korea, it come out that it's prohibited even with intent, even if it's Derech Hashchosa, it should be prohibited. Okay, because Torah doesn't give any allowances. Okay. Uh, the Rogachavar wants to claim another thing. Take the two prohibitions that he says as follows. He says, Loi Sas, uh, uh, excuse me. And based on this breakdown, okay, that Loi Korea applies to the Me'il. Okay? And Loisas and Kenla Hashem Alakechem applies to the Big Dikuhuna. And Teres highlights Me'il as a separate category. Okay? So he draws now different distinctions based on these two prohibitions. He wants to say it just, just, doesn't just end there. In relation, he doesn't deal with the Derech Hashchosa. The Derech Hashchosa, that it's with intent to mend or with intent to destroy, that distinction is brought by the Menachas Chinuch and other Mephoshim. He Bechal doesn't touch on that. He brings up other distinctions based on these two prohibitions. One distinction he wants to say as follows, and this is, because it says in the Torah, he says, the guidelines of will apply, and it's, 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 it's guideline, it's premise, it's the core, the, 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 the gist of it is as follows, and that is, only when you invalidate that thing. In other words, when that becomes invalidated. What Torah says, don't, don't smash the Mizbeach. Don't smash a stone from the, from the courtyard, right? So he proves, and Hashem says, don't erase my holy name. He proves from the Shas that, the, does it, HaKadosh Baruch Hu actually mean, don't erase my name? What happens if the name is not erased? But it becomes unfit to be used, right? Which he, in the words of the Rogachar, it means, he's Mesalik the Kedusha. He removes the sanctity it contains. The same will apply. And he brings an example of you, you, when you erase Hashem's name, even if it's not fully erased, the name remains, but you tear it. You have a secretary, you tear it. Which then, the secretary becomes unfit. So your Mesalek, the Gdusha of the secretary, even though the name of Hashem remains, it's still there. So basically, and he proves from many other places, that we're the, 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 when he taps them, where we say, smash their idols, but don't do it to the Lord, that means to say, 
when, are we, when do we transgress it? When we do it to Hashem, only when the sanctity elapses. When by me doing it, I will cause a, 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 the, the Kedusha to elapse, to be removed. Or I make that thing unfit. Let's put it that way. In simple terms, I make that thing unfit. Hey, listen to what he says. So he says, therefore, here we come to another distinction. If it's based on the din is as follows. The din is, priestly garments, the Roman Paskins and Periches, a priestly garment which is torn is possible. It's possible. It's unfit. It's unfit. Okay? Now, says the Rogit Shavu, because we said that when does one, uh, 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 how does it say, when does one transgress, right? When he tears a priestly garment. Because of when he touched them, right? It's only when it becomes unfit, it's not suitable to do his service in the base. It doesn't contain the Gdusha. So then the rule would be that I have to make it unfit. So he says the rule is as follows. To make something unfit, I have to tear it, right? Because the Rambam says, if I have a torn, holy, priestly garment, it's unfit. What is the size of that tear? Says the Rogachavar, he brings from his Sichte Moyut cotton. On, in the case where an oval, right, a mourner has to rent in gar- his garments, he has to, he has to be a tefach. Because to rent, rent renting, re- renting one's garment, to tear, is, the shear is a tefach. Kriya is a tefach. That's not a tefach. So the Rogachavar says, if the Gemara says the shear of Kriya is tefach, and it says that torn priestly garments are possible to do the service in the Beisam Bigdosh. So Bemele, when does it become possible and unfit? If I tore it, the shear of a tefach. Finished. Now, but by the meal, but the Torah says, Loi Korea. And it doesn't have the guidelines of unfit, even says the Rogachavar. The chidush, the novelty of Loi Korea is, the Torah is coming to add and say, even if it remains fit, it can still remain fit. It can still be kosher. It can still be regarded as if this man, this coin, is wearing his garment and it's not torn. Nevertheless, the Torah says, Why are you Don't tear it. So it can be even pochus with tefach. So the Rebbe Chavah is mechadish. That all the priestly garments, in order to make it unfit, in other words, to transgress the transgression of tearing, is only with the tefach, because the tefach will make it unfit. Masha'en came by the me'il, the rule is that because it's derived from Loi Korea, and I don't have to, I mean, I transgress even if I don't make it unfit. So the me'il, I can tear, I will transgress, and it will still remain fit. Simple. That's one gang, and he proves it and substantiates it. And with that, he also reconciles interesting two Rambams. In Ilkhaz Bias Migdash, in Ilkhaz Klea Migdash. In one place he says, the Rambam says, if you wore tall garments, you avoid this puzzle. And in one place the Rambam says, if you wore tall garments, you avoid this kosher. So the Rambam says, so the Rogan Trevor says, it depends what garments we're talking about. In one place he was talking about the meal was torn. The meal was torn, you get it? The meal was torn, right? So that's called a torn garment, halachically. But it doesn't make his avoid unfit. He did the wrong thing, but the garment is regarded as a garment. But then we have other garments, all the other garments, when we say, when we talk about them being torn, it means they're torn a tefach. If they're torn a tefach, they become unfit. So he's doing the avoid without garments. So that's why his avoid is unfit. Ended. Okay, good. 
then he has another gang, and that is as follows. He says, it, where it says in the Torah, Loisas, when the Gemara says, Mefurish, Mesichta Shabbos, Tavkuf says the Gemara, what happens if someone has Hashem's name written on him? May he go swimming and bathing, because it will become a race. So one man, Omer says, you cannot, you have to cover it when you go bathing. The other man, Omer says, not a problem, you can go bathing, and not a problem. Because your intent is not to erase it, even though the name becomes erased. Says the Gemara, because it says in the Torah, Loisas, Unkein, Hashem, Elokeichem, Asiya, Osur, Groma, Mutter. Asiya, it says where the Torah says loy tasun, it means you shouldn't actively, di- I mean directly, right? Directly do it. But if you do it in an indirect way, the transgression doesn't apply. It says loy tasun. And now while going bathing, I'm going to dip my hand, I'm going to swim. And that's going to cause the Hashem's name will be erased from my body. But I'm not di- actually erasing it. It's being coming, it be erased indirectly. So I'm not transgressing loy tasun, okay? But in the case of Loi Korea, it says, look what he says. It says Loi Korea. It doesn't say Loi Kra. It doesn't say that you shouldn't tear it. It says it should not be torn. So when it says it shouldn't be torn, so even if it's in an indirect way, you'll also be transgress. Now we're coming to the real novel thing of the Rogachar. And that's where I'm going to end with this. And this is as follows Rogachar says, you should know with all the Nyana we discussed, it still remains surprising. Why should the Me'il be different than all the other garments. And I haven't really investigated this, I haven't inspected it, and I believe the Mephorshim deal with it, okay? But according to what we've discussed, we said, listen, we see clearly that all the priestly garments are different than the meal. It says, look, you buy the meal. Some want to say it's all the same, some say it's different, etc., etc. It seems like they're different. They have different guidelines, either according to this Mephorshim or that Mephorshim or that Mephorshim. But why take it that HaKadosh Baruch makes the meal different than the rest of the priestly garments? There are eight garments, meal should be an exception. The Rogachar, he doesn't deal with it, but I believe with what the Rogachar is saying, we can appreciate it. He brings the Gemara in Misechti Yuma Daf Ayin Bey, says the Gemara, and from that Gemara we see that there's something unique in the meal which is not found by any other of the priestly garments. Listen carefully. You know what? The meal at the bottom, on the bottom of the, at the edge, it had Rimoinim Upa'amoinim, right? Pa'amoinim Rimoinim, and the Gemara says in Misechti Zvachim Daf Peches, it has, you have to have uh, 72, 72 bells, and that was 36 on each side. Bechulu, bechulu, the man number says it has to be 36 and 18 on each side, whatever. And how many remaining were there? There, there was the, the, the wool. The wool, how many pomegranates, which were wool. The bells were gold, and those were from wool. It chelas vargomam, it alas shoni. Says the Gemara, the what? Uh, so the, the Arachim HaKodesh discusses it in Parshas Kudai. How many remaining? The Gemara doesn't say how many remaining. Okay, end it. The Azoi. Listen, 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 listen. You know what the Gemara says? The Gemara says in Yumid Afayim Beis, the Gemara deals with the weaving of the tcheles. And the Gemara wants to derive the weaving of the tcheles one garment from the other. Says the Gemara, let's derive the weaving of the me'il from the weaving of the pomegranates on the thing. Because it was, says in the Torah how it's woven. Says the Gemara, you can only derive the weaving of the garments from other garments, but you can't derive the weaving of garments from the pomegranates. Says the Gemara, you know why? Because this is a tachshit. And this is a begging. The Gemara states clearly, says the Rogachover, that the bells, right, the bells, it talks mainly about the pomegranates, that it's not part and parcel, in other words, there's a baguette, there's a garment. But there's something unique about the meal that he has on it, we HaKadosh Baruch says, you must have it, but it's merely a tachshit, it's merely an ornament. It's for ornamental, right, for that reason, ornament. Now, when it comes to the bells, interestingly, the Rechaim HaKadosh and the Gurari say already, because the Torah writes, it's in a certain specific place. Okay, I'm finishing. I see everybody's getting nervous. But you're going to miss it because it's beautiful. So bells, it seems like they are ma'akif. Bells, possibly you must have the bells. Whatever, it's not, let's forget about the bells now. Talking about the pomegranates, okay? Good. The Rabbi Trevor says, because it's a tashit, 
Okay? It's a fact that the rule would be as follows. Says the Rogachoma, this is his take on it, and he proves it from different places in the Shas. If he's lacking the Tachshit, yeah, clearly, listen. If he's lacking the Tachshit, the rule is that when you're lacking the garments, right, you have a problem with not doing that during the service. But if you have the garments and you're lacking the Tachshit because it's only a Tachshit, it's not market, it's not, you're wearing the garments, it's not conditional on those things because they're merely ornamental. Okay? That's what Rogachover says. Because it's a Tachshit, says the Rogachover now, that's the Chiddush of the Loi Korea. Where it says in the Torah Loi Korea, you would think, right, that where did the Loi Korea apply to the actual garment? Says the Rogachover, no. Eve, I would think that because it's only an ornament, there shouldn't be a problem of tearing it. What could be wrong? It's only an ornament. Says the Rogachover, the Torah's Machadish Loi Korea applies to the pomegranates. Now, even though it's written by the Me'il. It's not disturbed with it. He says the Loi Korea applies to the pomegranates. That's the Hiddish of the Loi Korea. But maybe on the Fizet, move on while we're making this distinction between the Me'il and all the Big Dikona. Because we're not talking about the Gufa thing. Because I would think like. Now, now, and listen what he goes on further. He wants to be Mechadish, another thing. He wants to go on to say that these, the pomegranates, even though they have to be made uh, with Chemez, Vargoma, Betela, Shoni, like all the other garments, because they're merely a Tashit, so it, it doesn't lack, it doesn't need all what is demanded for the rest of the garments. The din is that all the garments have to be made with intent. Right, the tchelas has to be meant. We discussed this by Arucha once before. The tchelas has to be done in a kosher way. It also has to be done l'shame for the intent of making the big dikuna like tzitzis, etc., etc. But when it comes to the to the to the to the, to the, to the pomegranate, says the Rogachover that there they were able to get already prepared tchelas from the Abi Yisroel, and it didn't have to be made with a special intent for the garments, because this is merely a tachshit. And the Mele the Rogachover says, when it says in the Torah, hello, when it says in the Torah as follows, it says in the Torah, please just pay attention, just please look into your Hamashim just for a second, be so kind. It says in page 4, 532, we're collecting all the different uh, 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 items from the Am Yisroel. And it says, I mean, a tchelas, page, capital uh, lamites, so once before we explain that the big day shrod, as Rashi explains, is talking about the cover, the, the material which covered the big day kohuna, all right, when they traveled. And the big day kodesh is the actual priestly garments. The Rogachover says as follows. That HaKadosh Baruch Hu is saying as follows. You know? Also, Big Day Shrod, you know what Big Day Shrod means? He brings from a Sefta Yuma that Big Day Shrod is actually referring to the Big Day Kuhuna, even though it says Big Day Shrod. But he says, you know which Big Day Shrod we're talking about? The Me'il and its pomegranates. Mm-hmm. Only the pomegranates. Because for the actual priestly garments, the Am Yisroel couldn't do it. We couldn't collect ready-made tcheles and argoma shoni from the Jewish people. Because mm-hmm. it had to be woven and spun with special intention for Kedushas Kohuna. So they had to bring the raw materials to Bitzalel, and Bitzalel had to spin it and work it out. If the Torah says that we're actually taking tcheles argoma shoni, that's why there's a breakdown of the Posuk. Also, big day shrod l'shoriz b'kodesh. That's talking about the big dikuhuna, but what are we talking about? The pomegranates on the me'il. And that we call this merely a tachshit. Therefore, it doesn't have to be l'shmo. Then, by Yahshua, it's big day akodesh, asher li'aron, kashitzi b'ashem es moishe. 
for making the actual priestly garments, the guf habeged, for that they had to bring raw materials and only then prepare it with the intent for the big corner. He goes on and on, so I'll call upon him with that, we can appreciate why the meal is different. Dafka because of the pomegranates. Have a good night.